Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe and with me is Adam Pig. Welcome to the show, Adam. Nice to be here, Joe. So you are the go-to person in the community when it comes to Sailfish OS. That is a Linux-based operating system for phones that is not Android and it's not Ubuntu Touch. It's its own thing. Well, I think uh, the go-to person's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, for sure. Well, certainly within the sort of late night Linux and other Linux podcast community, you tend to hang around the Telegram groups advocating for Sailfish, shall we say? Yeah. So let's start with exactly what it is then, and I suppose deal with the elephant in the room. It's not 100% open source, even though it is Linux-based. Yeah, so it's a Linux-based operating system developed by Yola. Most of it is open source, but the uh, user interface and GUI library is closed source, and there's some additional closed source parts like the Android compatibility layer, the text prediction, and exchange support. So all of the really good stuff then is proprietary? Well, yeah, I mean, it is the good stuff, but the the community does do quite a good job of recreating those parts. So there's really good text prediction. And lately, there's also Waydroid support, which fills in the gap for Android apps. So there's Nemo Mobile, which is an open source version of Selfish OS. Are you involved with that at all? Not particularly. uh, Apart from we kind of hang around on the same channel. So we chat, the, the developers all chat together and share ideas and share share configurations and, and patches and things. But I don't do anything with Nemo itself. Okay, fair enough. Because Sailfish, to me, is the best of the alternative mobile operating systems that I've ever tried. And I've tried them all. And, you know, they all have their merits and everything. But Sailfish seems like the most complete. Presumably, that's what attracted you to it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what attracted me was wanting something different to Android and, and uh, iOS. And I'd used the precursors to Sailfish, which were from Nokia back in 2010. Yeah, about 2010. And then I got into Sailfish about a little bit later, about 2014, 15, when I started porting it to my own devices. Yeah, that's an interesting story. You linked me to a thread with some details about that. You basically just bought yourself a cheap phone and ported Sailfish to it. And that ended up spiraling into multi-years of you being involved in the community? Pretty much, yeah. I think it stems from not wanting to spend loads of money on phones, so I bought myself a cheap phone, probably off eBay, and I think it was a HTC, and ported a, a, an early version of Sailfish to that, probably like one point something. And then that spiralled into buying another phone, a, a Chinese Xiaomi phone, porting that, and that becoming quite popular. Uh, and then a couple of companies got in touch, like uh, FX Tech, which make uh, quite a popular geek phone because it's got a built-in keyboard, the Pro One, uh, and Voller, which are a German company, which make the Voller phone. And so what, they just sent you the devices and you ported it over? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm somewhat uh, envious of you having one of those FX Tech ones. That's the uh, the sliding QWERTY. That's what I always used to love about the early Android phones. I also had a development device which came to a very, very sad ending on a bike ride when it smashed into a lot of pieces. Oh, dear. But yeah, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm using the Pro 1 as my, my daily phone at the moment. I've also got the development version of the Pro 1X, which is isn't even out yet. Oh, right. And is that a similar form factor then? Yeah, it's, it's it's almost exactly the same form factor. It there wasn't supposed to be a Pro One X, but there was chip shortages and chip changes, so they they had to redesign the internals. 
and basically recreate it on a different chipset than what was the in, in the original phone. Right, I see. So how close to Android is it then? Like, is it using a proper Linux kernel or is it using just the Android kernel? Depends on the device, I guess. The Because there's also the Pine phones, but we could maybe move on to Pine phones later. The devices which start off as Android generally use a lot of the Android middleware, the libraries, the kernel, and then replaces, well, Selfish integrates with like the Android system services for, for hardware communications, like the graphics and the modem and the sensors. So it's really just the user land stuff that is selfish. Yeah, so it's it's a whole Linux user land, like a it's like a lo- normal Linux distribution, but for for talking to the hardware, it goes through the Android libraries. Basically, a, a modified version of the Android system starts up with just the, the minimal services that it needs to get going. Right. Okay. And so, how Linuxy is it then? Can you get a terminal and start doing proper Linux stuff on it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a proper Linux. It's just the the bits that talk to hardware, which are using Android. So it's SSH. It's, it, I mean, it comes with a terminal by default anyway. So you can do you can do all your Linux. So there's people in the community which have uh, are running Debian inside containers in LXC containers, for example. That's quite big on the Pro one. Well, I was going to ask about that. What about Docker and stuff? Is that supported? Docker, I'm not sure, but certainly LXC containers work because that's how um, Debian and Wadroid work. Right, I see. And so how is the Android app support these days? Because it's been a while since I've tried it. From what I gather, the, the, the stock Android app support's pretty solid. It's on version 10. I don't think many people have many problems, but because it's proprietary, I don't actually use or have access to that. Right. Because you have to pay for the proper version of it on some devices, don't you, with the Sony Xperia devices? Yeah, so you can buy a, a license for about 50 euros, and that gets it going on the Sony Xperia 10, 10 and I think the 10 is about to come out. But the devices you've ported it to then, is it full-on Sailfish? Yeah, so it's everything that's on Sailfish, apart from those proprietary bits like the Android and the text prediction. But the, there's another guy in the community who's wrote his own text prediction keyboard, which uses the Presage library, and that's arguably better than the uh, stock text prediction as well. Right, but you're still using the proprietary UI parts then? Yeah, so we we, we still have access to all the proprietary UI. Uh, it's called the Silica library. It's just Android Exchange and the keyboard. You mentioned the Pine phones. Where are we with those then? Because you may have heard us talk on Linux After Dark about the, um, well, the sort of sorry state. That's a bit of a uh, overegging the pudding on it. But, you know, the, the state of ARM Linux devices where nothing is quite 100% finished. Where is Sailfish in terms of the original Pine Phone and the upcoming Pine Phone Pro then? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you. I, I did make a joke that, um, yeah, it was, it was end user ready as long as you had a UART cable to uh, debug the <laughs> kernel not loading. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's funny, really. So I, I, the original Pine phone in the next version of Sailfish is looking pretty good. So the Pine phone part of Sailfish is completely non-Android. It's completely native Linux with a a stock kernel, stock user land using Mesa for, for its graphics. But that's had its issues within Sailfish being the, the only device that's been like that. There's a lot of code in Sailfish which assumed that it was running on Android or like on the Android graphics. So things like the web browser didn't work and the email client didn't work because the 
the email client was rendering inside a, a web web engine. Basically, the, the the web engine didn't work. But in the upcoming Sailfish 4.4, that's all been fixed. So the main Sailfish software is all working on the PinePhone and probably the PinePhone Pro, but I've just started on the Pro. The main problem is the uh, the modem layer. So using it as a reliable device for making calls isn't really recommended. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, <laughs> not ideal for a phone. Who did all that work though? Was that you, or was that Yola, or, or who did it? So the main the main part, I guess you could say, is mostly me with um, help from other guys. I mean, we share a lot of code, so I, I try to minimise the the work I have to do. So I'll take kernel configs from Postmark to West, for example, and the Nemo guys might figure out how something works and I'll, I'll take that and bring it all together and, and release it as a, an operating system image. Right, okay, but it sounds like you do agree that uh, things could be better in the uh, Linux ARM space. Yeah, certainly. The One of the problems with the telephony stack is that we use some software called Ophono, which was developed by Intel and a phone was great for, for Sailfish because Yola's worked on it for, for many years and it works great with the Android modem drivers. But the, the modem in a Pine phone is nothing like that. So support for that is really just starting. Did I hear at some point that they got access to the modem because someone guessed the root password because it's essentially running like a, a tiny Linux system or something? Yeah, well, there's... There's a guy that writes the open source, an open source firmware for the modem. And the, the modem really is effectively almost an Android device connected via USB internally on the Pine phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that, that, that's, that's how I update the firmware. I have to enable ADB and I fast boot flash the firmware. It's just like using a, a connected Android phone inside your, in, inside your phone. <laughs> right. Wow. So what about the PinePhone Pro then? How's that looking? Is it going to be significantly better as an experience for the end user? Speed-wise, it's, it's, it's a lot smoother. The, the original PinePhone is, is obviously built to a budget and the, the Pro is much more fluid. Other than that, the, the sensors, you're not going to notice a difference and the modem is exactly the same. It should be a better user experience being just generally faster and smoother. But it's not going to be daily drivable anytime soon is it realistically for for most people at least probably not for most people and, and probably not on sailfish we do have calls working in and out um sms's are being a bit troublesome like if you if you have two-factor authentication for for example for me for work when i have to log on to a vpn and get a code it's it doesn't even work for that yeah two-factor over sms is always the best uh, most secure option eh yeah <laughs> but sometimes that's all you've got so well uh, the, the alternative is, is to install a microsoft app so all uh, right i thought you were going to say a google app but it's probably even worse than that but these devices are going to remain hobbyist then for the foreseeable well i don't i don't want to talk for the other distros i imagine maybe give it a year there's been a reasonable amount of interest on the pine phone and with sailfish so i'd like to think we can iron out the the uh, telephony bugs all right, well, uh, we'll see, I suppose, we'll see. Because Sailfish on, on the Xperia devices is a rock solid. I mean, people are paying for it, so they wouldn't keep paying for it if it was bad, surely. Yeah, and, and my own devices have 
got, I think I've got a reasonable reputation for being pretty solid. There's, there's communities on Telegram and Discord that use Sailfish on the FX Tech Pro and, and the Volophone. So they're reasonably, uh, daily drivable. Is there any pressure on Yola to open source everything then? I mean, there must be some, but is, is it ever going to happen or is that just a fantasy? You do occasionally see people complaining on forums about things not being open source. And I've, e- I've even had people uh, almost attack me on Twitter about uh, <laughs> using such software and how could I? Um, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, well... I'm not forcing you to use anything. You're quite welcome to use whatever you want. Well, it was bad enough when I found an AOSP image for the Pine phone and uh, posted some photos of it. And I, I got, well, I wouldn't say attacked, but I got some stick at least from people on Twitter. Like, why are you doing it? This is supposed to be a Linux phone, not Android. So I can imagine. Uh, quite quite interesting. The Pine phone Pro, when you first turn it on, comes with Linux on. Yeah, it's like just a factory test image to make sure all the uh, sensors and everything are working. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to drag politics into this, but I think uh, given the timing of the recording and release of this episode, we have to at least touch on this briefly. Um, One of Yola's biggest customer bases is in Russia. And uh, before we started talking, you said that Yola have released a statement about that recently. I know you don't talk for them. You're just a community member. But uh, like I said, we have to briefly touch on it. Yeah, so I definitely do not speak for Yola. Um, I'm just a hobbyist that, uh, an enthusiastic hobbyist that contributes. Um, and th- there was, there's obviously other people in the community brought this up, uh, on the forums. They asked for a statement to be made by Yola on, on things happening in Russia and Ukraine. And then earlier today, possibly like last night or early in the morning, there was a, a statement from an account which said that there was, less input from Russia and it was an entirely European, mainly European project, um, and things like that. The, the weird thing was that the, the account was brand new. So there was a bit of a discussion about whether or not that was like trolling, but the, the account itself has got like almost admin privileges. So that's seen as being from Yola. All right. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me, Adam. It's been really enlightening. As I said, I've had great experiences with Sailfish in the past. I hope you uh, manage to get it working really well on the Pinefarm Pro and future devices. I look forward to talking to you again at some point, maybe. Yeah, of course. What would make you uh, move back to Sailfish, Joe? That's a very good question. I think it would have to be Android going so far downhill that I couldn't use it daily anymore. And I think that that is relatively unlikely anytime soon. Okay, maybe in the future though. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So if people want to find out more about you and um, your efforts, where's the best place, Twitter or? Yeah, I generally kind of tweet pictures and videos of the things. So it's at Adam Pig on Twitter. That's Pig with two Gs. Yeah. All right, well, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well then. So uh, yeah, thanks man and speak to you soon. Bill, thank you very much.